Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Well, here we go. Another episode of the Rising Champions podcast. As always, Kyle Bogey, of course, alongside Dr. Jason Ovetsky of the Champion Mindset Group. And uh, we have well a last name that if you're a hockey fan, you're certainly going to recognize, although there isn't necessarily uh, necessarily a relation. Uh, Callie Shanahan going to be joining us. She is off to Boston University next year, uh, a goaltender who is now playing at the AAA level as well. Uh, and really excited to chat with her. Just uh, a bubbly, uh, energetic conversation about how she goes about uh, handling the day-to-day responsibilities of being a goaltender and certainly dive into some of the goals uh, that she has for herself moving forward. But, uh, you know, Doc, I was just really impressed with yet another young person that we have on here who can speak well, you know, has a great, I think, grasp of the opportunity that, that you know, is out there and in front of them. And somebody who wants to work hard to be as successful at their sport and at their academics as humanly possible. I agree, Kyle. I mean, you know, every time we talk to one of these young athletes that's got it going on at every level, it just makes me so confident that our world's in good hands because we hear so many bad things, uh, you know, in the news about (laughs) kids and education and everything. But then you talk to these young people that we get the the privilege and honor to speak to and, and really listen to how they think and see the world and man what a what a great kid i mean she's got it going on academically athletically i'm sure socially as well as bubbly as she is so she's the trifecta for sure you know she 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 goes to lakeland high school here locally and uh plays for honey bake one of the high rated triple a programs in our state and like you said off to boston university with goals of being in the olympics someday yeah. And, uh, you know, the more we talk to um, these, you know, high school athletes, uh, student athletes, and uh, the more together that they seem to be, it just makes me wonder what, what did I sound like when I was 16? You know, <laughs> what was I doing, you know, when I was 16 and, you know, just getting that 3.2 GPA and just trying to get, you know, to college and figure out what the heck I was doing. But um, you're right. It, it is very encouraging. And, you know, there's a lot of different facets and I think angles that we could, you know, kind of dive into w- without, you know, giving away uh, what our conversation is like. And we'll get to uh, the full interview with Callie here uh, in just a little bit, but, you know, something that, that really, I think stood out was her discussing pressure. And, you know, I think you said it, you know, as we were getting ready to do the podcast, leaning into that pressure, embracing that pressure. And it's not easy to do that. You know, I, I, as a, a young basketball player, I can remember, you know, one of the first pressure situations I had at the free throw line, I had to hit a couple of free throws against our crosstown rival, um, you know, to ice the game and my legs, were uncontrollably shaking. Like I, mm-hmm. I could not just embrace the situation, confidently knock down the three or the, the free throws. And, and I, I, I had no control. Like, I, I mean, at least I felt like I had no control. Athletes have to deal with that, experience it a few times. And then I think maybe it becomes a little bit easier to learn. Or I would also say maybe I should have had somebody like you and been able to talk <clears throat> about those situations prior to entering in, into that. You're right. I mean, pressure does impact us, you know, physiologically. And we talked about this before, but, you know, those uh, certain neurochemicals start cascading through your body and they have a detrimental impact 
on how you feel like leg shaking, butterflies in your stomach, uh, throat gets dry hand, you know, everything changes under pressure. And it's about how you choose to look at the pressure that I think makes the ultimate difference. And we'll hear Callie and how, how she chooses to look at uh, a pressure situation, which I think is remarkable for someone her age. How, I mean, that's something, you know, whether it's professionally, you know, college athletics, I mean, heck, even just this past year, you can go back to, I think the first game of the year for the lions, the rookie Deandre Swift uh, had the game winning touchdown pass, you know, right in his hand Stafford threw, you know, a bullet would have won the lions, the game after a ridiculous way that the game ultimately ended up ending. Hadn't dropped the pass. I don't think his entire last season, at Georgia as a running back out of the backfield drops the game winners in his first week. And I I just, was it the pressure that potentially got to him? Maybe, I don't know. And and I guess, how do you go about the next time you're in that situation or in that instance, how do you forget about that? How do you move on and, and make sure that, that doesn't happen again, that you do make the play to win the game. Yeah. I mean, I think you use that as motivation. You got to turn that negative into some kind of positive or something more productive for you. So, you know, you go back to the drawing board. He's got a, he probably did. He's a professional athlete. He probably did some soul searching there and analyzed that situation and figured out what did I mess up there? You know, did I take my eyes off the ball? Was I thinking too far ahead instead of being in the present moment and just taking care of business? And so I'm sure he worked on that pretty hard. And the next time you're in that situation, that thought will come up. You're a human being, that negative result from before (laughs) will come up. That's the difference between being successful or not is how are you going to manage those emotions? And as we talked about many times, think tactically, not emotionally, focus on what you need to do, be in the present moment, and whatever happens, happens. But you got to give yourself a chance by being in the present. It's fascinating to me uh, how many, I don't know, guys have that quote unquote and girls, you know, certainly athletes have that clutch gene, you know, one where they just, they don't care about the pressure at all. They don't think about it. And seemingly, whether it's, uh, you know, Robert Ori or, you know, plenty of other players who just come up big in those clutch moments, I, I marvel at how they're able to deliver at such a high percentage over and over and over again in those critical moments. So, so I feel like some people kind of just have it. Some need to work on it. And some, no matter what they do, might just not ever have that. I'm going to agree and disagree with you. You're not going to like what I have to say here because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to work off the research, right? So there are clutch situations, clutch plays, there are no clutch players. And it's been proven over and over again that to a man, no one performs better under pressure. However, certain people perform less worse under pressure. Now think <laughs> about that, right? So to a man, like even in like they did a study in basketball, no one shoots higher than their average free throw percentage in pressure situations, like at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They, always, they always perform less. Their percentage is always small, shorter than their normal. But guys like Jordan, Kobe, LeBron just perform less worse than everybody else. And because they're superstars, they're the ones with the balls in their hand. So they get more opportunities to be in those <laughs> yeah. clutch moments, right? So, you know, I think it's important for everybody to understand that because you hear that all the time. Oh, he's clutch. He's a clutch player. Maybe in the media it looks that way because that's what you see. But statistically, not true. 
<laughs> I feel sorry like you're, to, you're, sorry to blow your mind with that, but <laughs> well, no, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you, you hardly ever see the highlights of all of the missed shots That's you right. know, it missed game winners, you know, that, that LeBron Kobe, you know, whomever, uh, you know, had in their career. So, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, yeah. I think it I also does. think you're describing, uh, you're describing my golf game when you say, uh, less worse than other people <laughs> and than other players that right. yeah that, that about sums it up i think right. absolutely <laughs> a little lesson well, for everybody yeah there you go well something i guarantee is uh is better than us uh continuing to bloviate uh here on uh, a couple of different subjects and that is uh callie shanahan who uh, I think, uh, you know, has a bright future ahead for on and off the ice. Look forward to, to following and monitoring that and uh, a great conversation that we might as well just get to right now. Callie Shanahan joining us here on the Rising Champions podcast. Okay, so Callie, might as well start out with uh, a question that I think is, is, on, is certainly on my mind, and I think a lot of people who are in sports um, as it pertains to the position that you uh, actually play. What goes into the mentality of being a goalie in the game of hockey. And I guess, how did you ultimately end up deciding that that was the position that you want to play uh, your entire career? Yeah. So actually my dad is a goalie and he still plays to this day. He played all throughout high school at brother rice. And I started skating when I was three, but I never actually like played goalie until like, like five years later. And I was ironically at a soccer game one day and out of the blue, I, told my dad and I was just like, Hey dad, can I just try goalie for a team sometime? And he was just like speechless. And I, he didn't even know what to say. And I was like, just like, it has to be easy. Right. <laughs> uh, I was wrong. <laughs> Definitely wrong. But, um, yeah. And I started when I was eight playing actual goalie, but when I was seven, I started playing, um, like a learn to play program, just started playing hockey. Um, then I played two years of house for goalie, um, then two years of double A, which is the next highest level. Um, and then this is my sixth year of triple A, which is the highest level at Honeybaked. So. Wow. Amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly, you've had quite the career and you've got big plans uh, as you're moving forward. So tell us about those plans and where you're headed. Yes. Yeah, so next year, um, so I'm committed to Boston university. Um, I'm extremely honored and excited um, and yeah, I cannot wait to go there. That was my dream school. I, it's still like surreal. I cannot believe it's happening. Um, and my goal hopefully someday is to, um, be in the Olympics. That's my top goal. So, right. Right. So one of the first things that we talked about, uh, when we started working together this past fall was dealing with pressure. And you said something to me that I haven't heard from many people your age say, and I have it in quotes in my notes Mm -hmm. and it says pressure is a privilege. What did you mean by that? Yes. So I love that quote. That is one of my favorite quotes. Um, I think that um, it should be like so exciting and it's just, it really is a privilege to have like your teammates have faith in you and your coaches have faith in you and to play at that high of a level and you should just take it and, um, be grateful for it. Cause not everyone can play, um, 
or gets the opportunity to play at that high of a level. So you should just, um, it really is a privilege and just to love to play the game. It's, um, it's, it's just a game in the end. It's not like a, a job. So uh, yeah, it's part of just playing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting though, too, because, you know, as you progress in your career, you're going to be in pressure situations and you have um, obviously have already been in many different pressure situations. You're going to succeed, but you're also going to fail. So I, I guess, how long did it take to get, you know, to, to that perspective, I suppose, you know, dealing with some of the failures, certainly, you know, in, in certain situations, but also being able to overcome that and have the successes. Yeah. I think I really um, thought about like this whole thing about pressure being a privilege more. Um, I think really when I got into like high school and I started the college recruiting like process um, and I like realized that it's, it's going to take a lot of work. Um, But, and recently when I started working more on my mental side of the game, I've really learned that like, um, yeah, there's going to be highs and lows, but it's what I signed up for. It's part of the game. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. it is what you signed up for. And you're going to need more of those pressure situations to, to grow and stretch yourself, uh, especially as you go on to play, you know, big time collegiate hockey uh, at the next level. So staying on that topic of, of pressure, you know, having it as a privilege is exactly what we started talking about in terms of how you can view it. You can see it as a threat or you can see it as a challenge. Talk to me a little bit about that perspective and if that helped you, you know, focus on seeing things as a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for example, if there's like a championship game or something, I, I'm not looking at it and like giving too much to the opponent and think, Oh, this is so like intimidating. I'm not like overestimating them and underestimating myself. Um, and I'm really just, I guess I'm thinking about that. Um, it's really, it's, it's part of, it's part of the game and I'm not, I can't be too like, I don't know. I can't be too intimidated because it's, it's, you just got to seize the opportunity, I guess. Um, and make the most out of it and use it. And you like competitors love, they should love to be like in pressure situations. Cause that's, that's how we're built, I guess. Um, but they shouldn't, you shouldn't be scared of it cause it's part of, um, the next level. So for sure. Well, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, one of your goals is to, uh, ultimately get to, you know, the Olympics and, and play for team USA. You also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, had a chance to play in juniors and win gold. Correct. Yes. Which Congratulations. That's, that's absolutely amazing. But that, that has to be on that stage, even, one, an honor, but two, you know, one of the ultimate pressure situations that you've probably experienced so far. Yeah, it was an incredible honor. I, I actually did not play in any of the games, but I practiced in every single practice in pregame skate. And it was, um, it was still like a big part of the team because I pushed my teammates as hard as I could um, every single time um, we stepped on the ice and I was there for them and supporting them. And, um, you were probably stopping some of the shots from the bench, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was really just like such an honor to be there. And, um, I I was supporting them 100% throughout the entire time. So what's been the the most pressure packed game you've ever been involved in? Um, I would say, Hmm. I think two years ago, um, for my 14 new state final game, 
I would say that was, that was pretty pressure because, um, the, the team we played little Caesars, they're our, they're our rival and it's great, great rivalry. Um, it's been back and forth the whole year and the state finals, we did end up winning, but that was definitely nerve wracking one. So, (laughs) but yeah, that was definitely the most. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we, we recently talked about that comes up a lot on this show is the the concept of self-image and identity. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts about the work we've done on really trying to understand who you are as an athlete and how that affects the choices you make with your behavior? Yeah, I think it's really important um, even to just, just for yourself, um, having a self-image like we uh, talked about our, um, like our statement that mm-hmm. I, I read every day. And I, um, I try to say like, one of the things is like, um, I'm a confident, like backbone of the team. Um, and when I keep repeating that, I, those, those words are just like constantly in my mind. Um, and it's, it's really a lifestyle that like, once you think um, those positive thoughts and it turns into your image for yourself and others can see that too. And it's incredibly important um, to have just a positive self image. So mm-hmm. uh, we've had, uh, we've actually talked to quite a few uh, goalies here mm-hmm. uh, on the rising champions podcast. And I asked this, uh, you know, to, to every goalie that we speak with, but uh, I'd be curious to know your thoughts when you are in a game, you know, you got 60 minutes, obviously three periods, you know, all of the action isn't right in front of you. You know, you, there are going to be times and periods in which, you know, the action is on the other end. So is there something that you do or maybe something that you've worked with, uh, with Doc on to stay in the game so that, you know, when there is that lull period, you know, okay, it's going to come back down here. I, I got to be ready. So I think I heard it on um, one of your other podcasts, but it's something I do too. I, I have a song in my head. Um, <laughs> I try before the game um, to like think, have a really catchy song and listen to it. And it, it really helps me actually. And it puts me in a good mood too, just like jamming out on the other end. But um, also <laughs> <laughs> something else is um, it, it's important to stay focused, but you can't be like, too like zoned in on the puck because that it's really mentally tiring for the entire game but when it's over on the other end I usually think of the song in my head um and if I get um like some uh negative thought that sometimes comes in my head we really worked on the mental traps of um like noticing and replacing and like replacing it with more constructive thinking. Like if, if a negative thought comes in my head and that really helps me a lot or just like noticing my environment. Um, and so, yeah, probably that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great strategy. We call that recognize and replace. So it's about paying attention to what you're paying attention to. And if that thought is not helpful, let's replace it with something that's a little bit more effective. Definitely. So Kelly, uh, let's also talk, about how you prepare for a game like what goes into an elite goalies preparation um so we maybe we can help some younger goalies that are that are rising up like you so i tend to stay on the i i'm more of a like a looser um less like strict um pre-game like routine i don't like to be super like superstitious or anything like that um i like to joke around with my teammates and stay loose but at the same time stay focused there's like a fine line between that but um before the game if it's an evening game i like to take a 
quick pregame nap, and I usually have chicken and rice always before the game. <laughs> um, and then when I get to the rink, we do our uh, off-ice warm-ups. I'm loose during that. Um, we're listening to music. Um, it's all good. And then when girls start to get, like, their gear on, I tend to go outside a block room, warm up with some racquetballs for eye-hand coordination, um, warm up the eyes. Um, and then I usually just like stare out on the ice at the crease and try to visualize myself for a couple minutes and take some deep breaths. Um, and then I get dressed and I do a couple more deep breaths before coaches come in and yeah, that's pretty much it. I like to say super loose and not so superstitious. I mean, I do put my gear on in a specific way, but. That's everyone. <laughs> everyone. Everyone does that. That's everyone. Not, not just goalies. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, a lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> so it sounds like while you want to stay loose, it certainly seems like you're on a very strict schedule and regimen and all of that. And, you know, reading up on, on you a little bit, you know, prior to you joining us here on the Rising Champions podcast, 4.0, you know, student, somebody who, you know, is all over on the academic side of things as well. I'm assuming that, you know, the schedule that you have for hockey also translates over to school and it kind of goes hand in hand as far as how you're getting through on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, well, one thing that I've learned a ton for school at least is, um, time management and that's helped me a lot. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a bit of a, I guess a little bit of a strict pregame, but like at the same time, I'm, I'm super like, I don't like not talk to anyone. I'm pretty talkative and I'm like, like, hyping the team up before games. Like, um, but yeah, that does translate over to school. Um, I, I love to like challenge myself in school also. And, um, learning is like one of the most important things you can do. So yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So Callie, another side of the coin is recovering or being resilient. Obviously being a goalie, all eyes are on you. And if the puck gets behind you, it's a tough situation. Mm -hmm. what is your advice and what have you done to help yourself recover and get back into that present moment? Maybe after goals let in, whether it's a you know bad goal or a good goal, what, which, what works for you to get back? So I right away, if it goes in, I right away, I take a deep breath and sure it's might be a little frustrating or I like clench my fists or something. Um, just something physical. And then I either say it out loud or in my head, it really doesn't matter. I'm like, shake it off, shake it off. Like, forget it. Go to the next one. Like I need to have the memory of like a goldfish, like of three seconds. So I, that's what goalies need. Um, cause you can't be dwelling on what just happened or else it'll keep, um, going downhill in your game. So yeah, I literally just say a couple words of shake it off and focus on the next one now. And, um, that short statement I think helps me a lot. I don't like anything, um, like long, for like a statement, but yeah, that really helps me. And just taking a deep breath. So. Mm -hmm. Seems like uh, over the last few years, especially there has been a major push, um, you know, to support and publicize um, with female athletes and, and, you know, women's sports, um, whether it be, you know, women's college basketball and ESPN or, um, you know, women's hockey, um, you know, certainly, I know, you know, after Kobe Bryant's death and even before that he was, championing the WNBA and, um, you know, certainly plenty of college players as well. I, I'd be curious to know, I, I guess, where 
you think that is at, if you think it's, you know, the, the recognition for female athletes in, in women's sports is really moving in the right direction, I guess, what, what are your, some of your thoughts on that? If you even think about it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's getting there, but it's not there. <laughs> like we, we all know that. I mean, it's improving. There's the, um, NWHL, but I mean, there, there's a couple teams, um, but it's getting there and, but there's a lot more improvement to do. I think we would all agree. Um, I'm like a huge, huge like advocate for like female sports, obviously. And I just, um, really want them to be recognized. Um, and I think there's, yeah, a lot more work to be done and more teams to be put in the NWHL. Um, and it'd be great if it was televised more. I think that would help, uh, for women's college hockey games too. I think if those were televised, um, more like men's that would help too. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, Needs a little work, but it's better than it was, I would say. So, yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, you know, we, we all seen um, female or women's collegiate um, soccer mm. and the world team and things like that become really uh, well known and, and famous in that regard. What do you think it's going to take for, for women's hockey to, to make that jump? Yeah, um, I mean, that's a really good question. I'm, <laughs> I'm not like completely Put you sure. on the spot here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to solve all the world's problems tonight. <laughs> okay. uh, I think that um, if there's, I know they did like, I think they like dropped out of a tournament or something for um, sort of protesting for more pay. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is pretty important too. Um, and I think also it'd be really important for women's teams, um, like higher, even, um, like some Olympic players to just like travel around, um, and play games. So like fans can see and they get exposed to that and that'll like change their point of view and like, Oh wow, girls really can play hockey. Um, and yeah, like we, we can play just as well as boys can. So I think yeah. that's a great idea. More exposure I think is going to, is going to open people's eyes to the amazing athletes that women can be as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. So Callie, I think one thing that I think a lot of people would be interested in is your training regimen. In addition to the mental training, you must work extremely hard because hockey is not an easy sport and, and being a goalie requires a lot of stamina and quick movements and recovery. What kind of workouts are you doing on a regular basis? Yes. Yeah, so in season, I do, I, I don't do as many like off ice workouts, obviously because we're playing games and it's more about maintaining muscle mass than gaining. Um, but I usually strength train about three to four times a week, um, at a one impact sports performance, um, at Novi. Um, and in that it's an hour and a half workout. Half is about speed and agility, like sprints and, um, like gaining speed. Um, second half is actually strength and weight training. Um, and I, I love strength training. <laughs> That's my favorite. Um, but yeah. And then on the ice, obviously right now it is very different because we have no team practices because of mm. the current situation. Um, but usually if it, it was normal, um, we'd have team practices, about three nights a week and I would take maybe two to three 
lessons with my goalie coaches um, during the week. And then we'd have games on the weekend. So, and then in addition to just my like physical training, I've really, I guess, increased my mental training. So I try to do like a short mental workout um, every day also. Awesome. When you, uh, you go off to, to the next level, I guess, what are, you know, some of your goals on off the ice, um, anything in mind already? Do you have a plan in place, I suppose, with those goals kind of written out or anything, or, you know, still, still waiting to get there? Um, so I do have all my goals for hockey written out. So I hope to win a national championship at Boston university, um, and make the U 22 national team. And then eventually the Olympic team and win a gold medal, um, for off the ice, I think I want to go into ironically like sports psychology. Um, cause <laughs> <laughs> I'm in an AP psychology class right now in school and I absolutely love it. Like love it so much. I originally thought I would do like exercise science. Maybe I want to be around sports when I'm older. Um, but uh, I cannot do anything in the medical field. I get grossed out way too easily. But <laughs> I, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, uh, sports psychology and I have firsthand experience. So I guess, um, yeah. And I want to eventually also coach when I'm older. Um, and definitely just like keep the game going. So, and play as long as I can. Well, we should connect you with, uh, someone else we had on this, podcast Morgan Stacy who uh, oh, also yeah. played co collegiate hockey and um, is coaching uh, at, a, at the collegiate level as well so I think it'd be a good connection so see Kyle I brainwashed them all yeah there you go <laughs> and I, I might know a sports psychologist as well if you ever need an internship someday or something I don't know just, just <laughs> yeah, say the word yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. well Callie it's been amazing having you on I think you know the insights that you provided and kind of a look under behind the scenes uh, of what goes on to make someone like you very successful is very eye-opening for some of our younger listeners as well so we really appreciate you having having you on yeah, thank you so much for having me. I totally enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.